Hello, everyone. So this is uh, Dylan and Will. And um, so we just wanted to do a part two of the uh, levels of mind um, um, session that we, we were talking to last week. And um, it was really uh, wonderful, actually, to um, be able to see the, um, the levels of mind material presented and, and to have you guys look at that and, and come back with some of your questions. So partly um, what I wanted to do today was to, or this evening, was to see if you did have any questions or issues come up from um, that session or from the audio when you when you might have listened to it. And um, but also there was a few other things that, that I wanted to speak to about that um, levels of mind um, diagram. So um, did anyone have any um, pressing things come up as a result of, um, of that uh, session last week? Was there anything that sort of particularly jumped out? My only thing was uh, um, when you get to the actual things that you're desiring rather than peace, um, like to um, to recognise them and find them was, was really helpful. But I felt that if I was practising that, um, I'd probably need another step before handing it over, I felt like handing it over, I probably wouldn't clear it from my my mind. I don't know whether that's yeah correct or not, but that's how I felt. I felt like I needed to reverse some, do like a turnaround. So whatever the desire is, you know, I'm desiring my mum to accept how I dress instead of peace. I'd probably need to then turn them around and say I desire peace instead of my mum accepting how I dress. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe hand it over and then do that. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Actually, um, that was so good that you raised that. Um, so, you know, the feeling was that there was perhaps something else that you wanted to think about or consider um, before actually going even to, into the, um, the desire level. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about. So um, what I wanted to uh, talk to was this step that's, that's kind of like a little bit back from, from that. And um, we, we kind of touched on it before, and, and it's, it's the whole thing about the disappearance of the universe. So what I wanted to speak to um, was that the whole crazy idea thing right at the get-go. Because if, if you think about the, um, the levels of mind and you, you come into that, back to the, the part about the desire, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's what you were talking about, um, Penelope, you know, like getting into the space of what is actually my desire here and um, coming into the awareness of there's a desire other than a desire for peace is, is what Dylan was saying last week, right? So it's either one, one of two things. It's either desire for peace or it's not, <laughs> right? And if it's not a desire for peace, then 
the logic of that has to be it's a it's a desire for not peace that makes sense so everything else and so um for me that that raises a question well, where does that desire for not peace come from right that it, that it should even get into the mind to go out from the mind and go out into the world of perception that's that's one of the things i wanted to address so that that was really about coming right 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 back to the crazy mad idea and what happened there in a sense and so you know we, we know from the course that there was this crazy mad idea but it was the reaction to the crazy mad idea so you know there, there could have been two reactions the first reaction could have been well um, i desire peace so um, how i'm going to react is okay I, I i get that this was a crazy mad idea but i'm just going to laugh it off let it go right so and then return back to peace or something happens and i react to the to my thought about a crazy mad idea and that reaction i don't laugh it off i treat it with gravity mm. right that's that's where that desire thing starts to kick in because when i treat it with gravity then i'm treating it like it's real and that there's something wrong that i did right and then as as that idea of oh there's something wrong here then fear comes in and what the course says is that it's fear of punishment you know like i'm going to get judged god is going to judge me he's going to nail me i need to do something i need to go away i need to run away and then so that it's that idea that comes into the mind and so there is this idea that suddenly pops into the mind um that there's that i can actually have something other than peace right that's that's the idea that's the crazy mad idea that i can actually have something other than peace come into my mind and then it goes forward from that because as the desire for something other than peace comes into the mind that's when we see the levels of mind start to to um project out because that idea of i can have something other than peace then walks into something like i'm going to be punished i'm guilty walks into something like fear and then there are thoughts about all of that sorry beliefs about all of that so that's the next level out right beliefs so i somehow get this belief that a i can have a desire other than for peace b that my my loving father is going to punish me and judge me c that i'm guilty d i need to run away i need to push that out somehow 
I, I can't live with those thoughts. So then the beliefs push out to the level of thought. The thoughts then drive into the emotions and then the emotions then drive out into the perception as, as we discussed last week. But it all stems from this idea that we can have something other than peace, right? So that's kind of how it all gets into place. So that was the, the first thought I wanted to share. The second thought I wanted to share was slightly different sort of um, view of, of this as well, coming from a slightly different angle. It's kind of like, um, actually Dylan put it in one of his articles just recently. Uh, it's kind of like you're standing in a, in a house with green windows. So there you are in the mind and you're looking out to the perceived world, but you're looking through green glass in the windows, right? The glass is green and worse, it's dark green. So you see everything you see when you have decided to believe that there is, a, that you can have this um, state of non-peace it's the equivalent of being in a house and looking out the windows and the windows are dark green. And so everything you see is dark green, right? That's what it's like when you come back and stand in that space of the mind, believing that you can have something other than peace. So, Another way of saying exactly that is it's like you put on glasses and your glasses are dark green. Um, the, uh, it, that's even mentioned in the Bible. So, you know, um, you may recall Paul's words where he talks about looking um, through a darkened glass when we were children, we looked out through a darkened glass. And of course, if you look through a darkened glass, everything looks dark, right? So the darkened glass will color your beliefs dark. Mm. The darkened glass will color your thoughts dark. Your, the darkened glass will then color your emotions dark. Right? So eventually, when you get out to the world of perception, what you're going to see is darkly. Because the light that's shining out from the mind has got glasses on, or glass, colored glass in front of it. Does that make sense? Mm. That's, that's actually what's happening. When, when the mind believes it can be have, have another uh, state, not peace. It's the same thing as putting on those glasses. So what I wanted to do was to contrast that to what happens when your eye is single and you are able to, in your mind, bring it back to, well, there is only one choice and that's a choice for peace. What happens then? Well, 
using that same um, an, uh, metaphor and an, an analogy, that's the same thing as having no glasses on or clear glasses on, right? So when the light coming in to your mind starts to shine out, it's shining out through clear glass. So the beliefs are going to be clear of fear. They're going to be clear of guilt, which are going to create thoughts that are clear from darkness, clear from guilt, clear from fear, which is going to create emotions that are peaceful because there's no fear, there's no guilt, which is going to create a world perceived clear of guilt and fear. What do we call that world? We call that the forgiven world. Why? Because we're now, if we come back into the mind, we're seeing the world clearly as forgiven in the light that's coming to us from God. Because that light is always there. It's always shining. Right? The light is always coming from the source. It, it, it ne so um, there was a really good uh, statement that um, came out last week sometime where it said, you, you cannot stop the light of God from shining on you. You can stop the light of God from shining through you. That's what the ego does. Stops the light shining through you. And how it stops it is by sticking those colored glasses in front of your eyes. When the spirit comes along, it lifts those, those glasses off or changes the color. The light shining from God, which has always been shining, can only look out and see a forgiven world. That's all it will see because love only looks upon love. That's the levels of mind. Mm. Any thoughts? What I was thinking, Will, this is about the time factor, is that as you read through the text or a different sort of um, things that time is, we're anchored in time when we're sort of with the egoic thought system. Um, when we made that decision, like I just carry this concept, we were seduced, you know, it was a heady moment, we could make a decision, We, you know, at that vital step. And in the text on different places it says it's taken, like resign as your own teacher, um, it's taken so long to get you to this point so the return journey, like the return journey, um, needn't necessarily take that same. God, please stay with me. I'm probably being a bit awkward here. Um, the re sort of when we return to fully desiring to return to our source and part of the sonship. Um, 
what I, is that our downward descent on the vertical axis took time and the return took time because our, our minds would have had to have adjusted and a lot of work would have, you know, like the ego, the thought system that came from that um, rogue thought um, had to um, oh God, I don't know. I know I myself what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I remember Ken sort of saying, and I'll use his name, it's like, okay, we've decided to separate. And while we're still in the mind, the ego says, well, I've got to make um, this mind mindless. And the return thing, we have to also do it very slowly and with, um, you just can't sort of, you know, if we return to our sort of pure innocent state, we just absolutely go insane. It's, it's a process both ways. Yeah. That's probably yeah. as simply as I can say it after all those words, Will, but that's what I feel, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. get exactly what you're saying, uh, Teresa. Yeah. Um, that it, what, what you're saying is, is a result of, of the ego's um, scam, if you like, on us, right? Um, so what the ego has done is created the impression through time, Right? Mm. That that we go out and we dwell out there in time, that we go through a process which may take a long time, and then eventually we get there, and then then there's some sort of return process, right? Mm. Um, and that is definitely the ego story. The reason why it's the ego story is because so long as we believe in that time, and that we're we're out there dwelling in time and take that time it will exist right yeah that's how it exists it exists by having us dwell in time that's its trick its trick is to have us go out on the timeline and 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 perceive of things in the timeline right um Mm. which is neither good nor bad it's just what it does right or tries to do um from from heaven's perspective and from the spirit's perspective that time is gone the Mm. timeline has actually gone you know like in in those first lessons in the course it basically says we're only looking at the past yeah all the meaning that we give the world out there is actually meaning from the past so it only exists from the past Um, When you think about the spirit's actions, uh, the the spirit's actions have already undone what the ego does, Mm. and it undoes it simultaneously, right? Mm. So so, um, the the ego pushes us out, the the spirit brings us back in to our mind, our proper mind. Mm. But given that here you and I, uh, here you and I, you and I are having this conversation <laughs> appear apparently in time shows that there is something that we perceive ourselves to be dwelling in that's not heaven. Mm. Right? So um, 
from heaven's point of view, it's it's run and done. It's mm. over. But from the cosmos side, which is where we're sitting talking to each other, we're going, we're still in that lingering in a memory. Mm. Right? Uh, the way I think of it is like um, PTSD, post-traumatic mm. uh, stress disorder. Mm. So it's like it's all over, but we keep having this lingering memory as a result of that stress that seems to bring it all back, right? And so the spirit's function is to keep bringing us back into that state of mind that says, actually, it's gone, it's over, mm -hmm. it's finished, we're actually in heaven, and then convincing us of that, right? And um, how it does that is to bring the mind into um, a state of peace, because in the state of peace, we're present, right? That's where we come present to God's love. When we're present, we're off the timeline. So the ego's trick is to have what appears to be out in there in the world seem to cause us to become reactionary to it. <coughs> so, so this was the point that um, Dylan was making last week. The ego tries to convince us that the out there is doing stuff to us, right? And, and therefore is the cause of stuff to us, which in turn is the cause of the emotional reaction to it. That's the trick that the ego uses to create the charge. And it's the charge, it's the reaction that has us dwell in time. Yeah. Has, how, how that works is it says, well, um, I want something to be different mm. and that will happen in the future. When things are better, when this idiot is not doing all these terrible things to me, blah, 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 then I will be okay and then I will have peace of mind. But you see that, that, that whole thing as soon as I think when that happens, then this, that's how you create the future, a timeline. Mm. That's how you create time. Versus coming back into the presence of God's love, which then you don't venture out into that something's going to happen in the future. You don't, you, you, your mind is not pushing out into the future, some future state, some future time. It comes right there to peace and God's love, experiencing God's love here and now and instantly, even, even though that there's a world that appears to be out there. Yeah. And how the Course talks about that state is that's the happy dream state, right? It's also described as the borderland. Mm. It's, it's, 
it's where you've got to the edge of the world, so to speak. And when it's a constant state of peace and peace of mind, that's when you are ready for the step to heaven. And it's God that takes that step for you. Mm. But that can only happen in, in when you're present and off the timeline. Mm. it's a sort of i think the thing that we're dealing with energies because when you use the word charge you know we create a negative charge sort of when we with the egoic thought system when we you know whether you know we think um the woman, the woman shouldn't have pushed in front of me with the trolley in the supermarket, something as simple that to some of the major world events that are going on and we trying to create that sort of space to think, well, you know, between the thought and the actual reaction to it. And yes. that's a real, <laughs> I've been having a battle today with a few of those, but it, it helps to know that and, you know, once you... I think Dylan said it last week, um, when you get that charge, it keeps keeps you anchored in that the seeming timeline factor. Yes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that's where I think it helps if you can. And the fact that in the story of it all, whatever, that we've, we've been doing this for so many eons of time, it sort of just didn't happen last year or... Every, next, like everyone says at New Year, well, I'm going to make really good intentions. <laughs> so I shake my head now and I think, well, they say, you know, let's make the year all the same. You know, you're working towards that through your journey, whereas everyone puts their hand up and the 1st of January is the real turnaround or supposed turnaround Um you just hear them on the TV and, you know, read it in the papers if, you know, happened. But it's like a, a marker in time where there's an intention, but just without understanding what you're talking to us about tonight, it's kind of a folly. Am I making sense, Will? Uh, absolutely, it's a folly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is which is why I started um, at the other end. Yeah, crazy idea, crazy mad idea end. Yeah, because that's what the folly is. Yeah, if, if you take that idea all the way through out into the world, that's the folly, right? If you if you, if you keep bringing the folly back into the mind and then back into the mm. crazy mad idea, that's where the folly started. And so why I wanted to bring, bring us back to that point is, is so that you can see that everything drives out of there. And, and if you can come back, like uh, answering Penelope's question, if you can come back and look at that bit and realize that um, why you're desiring something different is actually driven from that point. 
then you can understand it and it's much easier to then start shifting away from that idea because mm. you realize that it was a crazy mad idea which could just as easily been dismissed right mm. that's that's where you change your mind look at it differently so it's the same thing for every idea that comes forward from that point is you you can go i can look at this differently because there there was no um no punishing god i never got judged he never said i was guilty and so there's no basis for fear around that mm. so you know when you visit that and, and and when you can make that type of uh review of that decision then you can bring that forward into all the decisions that you're making around choosing not peace and the other analogy that we can use is yep. the movie the lion king the Lion King is a really beautiful movie about looking at the false belief in separation. And particularly the scene where um, Mufasa pushes um, Simba's father off of the ledge and the father seems to die. And then Mufasa comes to Simba and says, Oh, Simba, you're guilty. Look what you did. You killed your father. You had him killed. And then mm. so you better run off, Simba, because you're guilty. And, you know, if whoever, if the pride rock finds out, they're going to banish you. So you mm. might as well just run off right now and not have to worry about that. And so this is what the ego does. This is the folly. You know, because when you're watching the movie, you it's really clear that Simba is really innocent. Uh, it was just um, the it was just Mufasa that happened to pull that stunt symbolically. Hmm. And um, even though Muf even though Simba runs off and does his own thing, you can see the misperception of it all, because hmm. in reality, you know. He, Simba is innocent. He didn't kill the father. And the, the father even comes back to him later on and says, remember, remember who you are. So while the, just like the prodigal son, while Simba had gone out um, and eating all the bugs and, you know, Akuna Matata, <laughs> the father still comes back to him and says, you need to remember who you are. You need to return to Pride Rock to face um Mufasa and remember your innocence mm. and so this is a really beautiful symbol or movie that we can watch um if we feel inspired to watch it just to as a representation of the false belief in separation and remembering our innocence through seeing the falsity of the belief in separation mm. it's lovely Dylan thank you I haven't seen it um but um it's, I'll share something with you. A lady that um, was part of Nook Sanchez's group and beautiful woman who passed just recently and she used to talk about the Lion of Judea and I just wanted to do a um, card for her to share with some other people that knew her and that was the image was the little lion and the big one 
the two characters that you're just talking about, then I think, you know, it's just so fitted Alison so much. And it's a very haunting, but the power of that image is what you're talking about um, uh, is, is, well, it just resonates with that particular lady. Mm. But maybe it's something I could look at and, you know, maybe. The, the other um, kind of thought that I wanted to share too was what happens when you start seeing the, the forgiven will and you know, when, when the eyes are made sim, uh, single and that you're no longer looking through that darkened glass. In other words, you've had the clearing and um, spirit has, has come alongside you and you've been able to clear out those those dark thoughts, if you like. Mm. So the, the thing with, with um, the, uh, the ego's thought system is it truly is project, projection, right? So here we have um, the, the, the mind saying over there, the world out there is separate from me over here. That's projection, right? Mm. Um, that is the separation. Over there is not the same as over here. Even, even though it's been viewed from over here, the belief is that over there is not over here. And therefore, I take no responsibility. That's, that's the point Dylan was making last week, right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. about taking responsibility for over there. The, the uh, ego would have us believe that over there is not over here, therefore we're not responsible for that, right? When you start seeing clearly, it is still a projection because we're still seeing the world out there, right? So it is a projection. But the difference now is that over there is now connected over to here. We see that we're responsible for over there. So we, we bring it back in and we connect over there to over here. So we don't then see that the world is separate from us anymore, right? Mm. Well, that's another way of saying that we are now extending to that world. God's love is coming and light is coming through us and extending to the world. So now we have love extended. It's connected. And that's called being at one. There was another thing, David Hoffmeister. I don't. Just a thought, a thought coming to me. Will is that this sense of guilt that we carry, and when we, I think what he was saying, when we under sort of realise that we haven't really killed 
the cre our creator or the creator, but still think that punishment is due to us. We say to the creator, don't punish me, I'll do it to myself. Yes. And I Absolutely. thought that, that helped me understand a lot that, you know, how this need for, um, is it the attraction for, for suffering and for guilt, you know, sort of as a, uh, oh dear, I, I know in my mind what I'm trying to say, but anyhow, I'll just persevere. And if I get too clumsy, well, you're just going to have to put up with it. Um, uh, you know, it's what you were saying last week about um, absolution, right? Yeah. We we are the the author of the absolution. But I think David had a really lovely way, and just very succinctly was able to, and it, I found it very helpful. Though I, I really still battle <laughs> to think. Do I really, they talk about self-hatred, but do I really want to bring this on myself? I'm still looking for a third party <laughs> 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 kind of thing. Anyhow, enough. But um, hmm. you just certainly can't look at things the same any longer. Um, when um, so coming back to that crazy mad idea, mm. it was it was the son that believed it. It was the son that made the judgment against himself. Mm. So it kind of has to be the son that undoes that judgment mm. because the father never judged them. Never held them guilty. That, that's, that's why it has to be the son. thing kind of begs the question, what stops me from giving myself that absolution? Is it because I've thought of this and it becomes so habitual and until you can actually some people can do it, you know, they become aware, but take the steps to recognise, accept that that is the basis, um, that we're this self-punishment and that, and we can sort of... Um, oh... 
know if I can go take the thought any further. Well, um, to recognise it's become so ingrained and so habitual, so automatic, and then as you do the course and we do these classes um, and you read the Facebook posts, it's kind of like a chipping away and... Um, you know, sometimes you may turn your back and say, look, it's just too hard. But there's just, there's a pull there that um, you can't deny any longer. Um, like... You're absolutely correct, Teresa. Can I tell you, can I use an example where I think it's really powerful? Oscar Wilde's uh, play story, the, um, the import, not the importance, um, where he was, you know, this man, the story of the man leading a very, he, he was very beautiful looking man and he wanted to maintain his youthfulness and his vanity and, um everything, and he made this trade when it would be with the egoic thought system. He said, you keep me looking beautiful and young and I'll, you know, hand myself over to you. But what happened in the transaction was there was a picture up in the attic that took on the evidence of the debaucherous lifestyle Um that he was leading, but he got to the point in his life, everybody commented, how did he stay so young looking and everything? But within himself, he was get, becoming very, very tired. And he just called it for what it is. And he went up to have a look at the portrait in the attic and the, the, the portrait was so gross and he was sort of despairing and then he looked at the eyes of this um of the image the character in the portrait and he saw a light there and with that he said no more and he just got a knife and just tore across the portrait and to me it always has symbolized that at the very end it doesn't matter how seemingly desperate, impossible it is, that's the memory of God that we bring with us into the world and it can't be extinguished. I don't know. Forgot, I've forgotten the name of the... It's disappeared because I wanted to share it, but I've always Picture looked at... Picture of Dorian Bray. Thank you, um, Kevin. Hmm. But he just... He was looking for just that glimmer or a, a something that was good about him and he saw it in the eyes and he he'd sort of he'd been exhausted living the lifestyle I think that's something we can't extinguish it doesn't matter you know like you hear of um the seeming uh things that people do to each other but we just can't wipe that out and at the end you know the egoic system falters. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree. 
You can't extinguish the light. I am as God created me. So yeah. if, if you could extinguish the light, it'd basically mean that you can change what God created. Well, you'd be able to take care of God, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So He'd be. Mm. You've kind of um, repositioned yourself. So what you were saying is that it just keeps keeps uh, reinforcing this whole thing about it's inevitable. You, you can't extinguish it. It won't go away because what God has created will never, ever, can't be altered. Right? Yeah. As, as hard as we might try, as... as, as mm. um, so I'm, I'm mindful of um, some of those movies where they, um, they're, they're those horror movies, right? Mm. And in, in the horror movies, the so-called bad characters, they, what, what they actually do is that they try to scar their consciences, right, by doing these things despicable acts and they figure that by scarring their conscience that somehow is going to extinguish the light right mm. but we know that and, and this was actually a thing that was um, even stated in the bible it did not matter even if you were as bloody as bloody could be God could always come and forgive it and cover it over. Even more so if it didn't happen. Mm. Right? So again, if we are able to come back to that crazy mad idea and connect to the folly back at that point and realize that it was actually a folly, it's not possible for that to happen. And, um, and that the, the moment it happened, it was unhappened, right? It was undone. It's what the Holy Spirit do, does, it undoes it. Mm. And so that, that, that is um, the equivalent of um, that guy going and looking into that horror picture and seeing a glimmer of light under there. Mm -hmm. I have to go in a couple of minutes, so if I just disappear, I'll just say goodbye now. Okay. Daylight, sa Daylight savings messed me up a little bit. I've got something else that I've got. Thank you for coming along, Kevin. Thank you. So, um, yeah, the um, the horror stories, the, the darkness of, of something like that character that you were talking about, Teresa, is mm. the equivalent of wearing dark glasses. Very dark. Mm. Yeah. Good. And um, spirit will come along and lift the glasses up. But it, but again, as you, as what you were saying, it, it it it's typically not an immediate process because if we're used to looking through darkened glass and then you just lift the glass off, we're going to react blind mm. so th that's why the spirit actually allows that's that's the use of time actually mm. 
time is allowed so that we can adjust the mind back to that state of peace, not by sort of like dropping us in it because um, that, that induces fear, but by, as you were saying, that process of slowly, slowly, slowly. But at the same time, the slowly turns into quickly. And then the quickly turns into light speed. One of your articles earlier on, you talked about that when we make the decision to experience ourselves as separate, you sort of, I wish I could remember how you expressed it, but you said the the force of when we kind of seemingly disconnect and seem to go through a dark hole. Yes. That, that's a very powerful um, way of looking at it too. You're looking at energies again there too. And um, I can't, it was one of your earlier ones, Will, that I, and Myron yes. Jones actually used the same thing. Mm. But, yeah, so it's, it's the idea of what the, what the fear does, right? What mm. the gravity and the fear that it generates, it pushes you into this dark hole. It pushes the mind into the, the dark hole, um, like, like as a metaphor, um, to hide. That's, that's what it is. It's trying to hide. Uh, it's trying to hide from the, the God that's going to come, come and punish them. Yeah. Um, the, the, <laughs> the analogy I use... The, the, the one that, that I like in, in terms of a story, it, it's kind of like the little kid, right? And the little kid thinks that he's done something wrong. Dad's there and dad's saying, no, no, you didn't do anything wrong. And then the little kid runs off, jumps into the bed, grabs the blankets and pulls the blankets over the top of them, right? And then says to dad, you can't see me. <laughs> right and there he goes he says, well I can see you, you're in there no, 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 you can't see me I'm hidden it's like that because when you think about it <clears throat> the son who had the crazy mad idea where can he run there's only heaven the only place he can go is into his mind and, you know, if the mind is the bedroom, the only place he can go <laughs> is hop under the blankets and pull the blankets over. Mm. He's still in the mind, right? He's still there, but he's just trying to cover it over with some dark to, to hide. Can and I so, ask it? Oh, sorry. Well, hmm. So, so dad doesn't want to cause any more upset and anxiety to the son. So he says, okay, well, when you're ready, you can come out. That's it. He, he doesn't rip the blankets off.
Can I ask a cheeky question here, Will? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We've decided to separate. We go down the levels, the, the beliefs, the thoughts, and then we create these images. Now, where do the prototypes for aircraft, homes, roads, and cars come from? Is I mean, it's just something that's crossed my mind because... Um, you know, people when they think they part, when they pass, they think you know still. And I guess I was in this crowd too. Um, that if that's what you believe, it'll be there when you transition. But like in the pure spirit state, um, I don't know. It's just I've often thought, well. There's got to be a prototype for it, for you know, for these thoughts and these images, and it's probably at the lower end of the scale. But because um, we've created this whole egoic universe, you know, from this body to um, just you know, people come back and say, "Yes, I was in this beautiful meadow." But when you sort of go to the light and you're really at the start really having a revelation in that, um, there's not those forms there. So I just I wondered if you had any sort of insight here. It's just a thought that's crossed my mind. It's not critical because I'm not hoping to get an E-type when I get on the other side or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do have some thoughts. Um, thank, thank you for asking. So we know the mind is hugely powerful, right? Right. It must, it must be if it can create a cosmos with all the laws of the cosmos, right? Mm -hmm. you know, we have classical theory, we have quantum theory, and we have all that incredible complexity of stuff, right? So... The mind's very, very powerful. Um, and, of course, that power is, is really just a, um, a reflection of the creative capability of the right mind, right? So in, in heaven, the, the mind is incredibly powerful and extremely creative. That's, that's how it was created. It was created to be creative. So, so in the cosmos and the cosmos itself is a reflection of that. It's not creation per se, because creation can only happen in heaven. It's making mm. things, right? And boy, does, does that mind make stuff big time, right? Makes all these prototypes. It makes all this cool stuff. Um, so it's, it's not saying that we don't have the ability to use the, the power of the mind to make things. It's just saying that those things that you make don't exist. They're not real. They're just thoughts. And that's all they can ever be, thoughts. Because there is no materiality. Um, so what, what um, spirit does, it comes along and it says, oh, okay, well, you believe you can make stuff. 
you can believe that you can make stuff as a process that's actually separate from the true creative force in heaven. Okay, I got that. That's what you believe. Mm. I'm going to work with that. I'm going to work with your beliefs around that. And I'm going to walk you through it. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll even work with you to, to uh, get your head around it. Mm. But my only purpose of working with you to do that is to show you, A, that it's not real, and B, that it's going to disappear. Mm. And you'll come back into a state of peace of mind. That's, that's what I loved about this group, this appearance of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's sort of nice to be able to ask these questions because you sort of cruise along and you do the lessons and then these sort of more seemingly more practical things come up. Well, where did the template for the, you know, cars and houses and bodies and all the, the, the bodies are an amazing uh, science, you know, the construction of it. But, um, yeah, and it's, I think, to be able to just express it. And I thank you for that because um, I do poke around these little sort of, you know, thinking about these. But And, and how, how I... Um, how I see it for myself is that spirit uses those things in me um, for joy, expression of joy. And so I, I've got to the point now where uh, I'm actually okay with, the, you know, having the thought about something that, that appears to be material. Mm. Um, and um, I'm sort of thinking that through with spirit to say, well, Let's use this to to have this great passion and this great joy, and and use that to bring me into that state of peace, because it's from the state of peace and the stillness that then we're able to get get access to um, uh, letting letting it all go, and in particular carrying out our function, which is forgiveness and seeing a forgiven will. So you know everything gets used to for the purpose of our salvation to get us to the point of forgiving and seeing a forgiven will. And so that, that legitimates, if you like, um, whatever is out there, whatever the belief is. So it kind of neutralizes the judgment around all that stuff. So it goes, oh, well, you know, you believe in quantum physics? All right, let's do this. Let's do the quantum physics stuff. But I'm going to use that to, to show you that uh, it will eventually lead you to forgiveness. Mm. All good. I am up for that. Yeah. Mm. Just with forgiveness, uh, Will, sometimes, you know, having done a process, it, once again, we head towards time, but the fact you may do it and not feel any sort of relief or sense of peace immediately. And I've had this experience where I know I've done a process in the morning and I know that evening there'll be, a, I'll get, a, you know, there will be that sort of, um, that's sort of past or I've let it go. Um, 
is that sort of something coming through the levels or it is absolutely it is mm. because um see where, where those things have have real power is is where we um we are actually addressing the belief right mm -hmm. like by coming back into the mind where they lose power and don't have much leverage for um, bringing about the changes that we're wanting is where we think it's in the behaviors right so we figure if, if we're doing these behaviors that somehow is going to allow us to to let things go and release and inevitably it doesn't because it's not about the behaviors it's about the belief we have to come back and look at the belief that's driving the behavior so that, that's why, um, you know, David talks a lot about that. He says, you know, you, you're not going to get there through, um, in my case, it was through being a spiritual person, right? Mm. Like doing all the spiritual person behaviors, being virtuous, uh, you know, reading the Bible, doing all the Bible stuff, thinking that, oh, yeah, that's, I'm going to get to heaven that way. I, um I came to the realization, well, no. No, there's something in the beliefs that need to be addressed. Mm. And it's by coming, and that's in the mind, right? So it's by coming back yeah. into the mind that you start to undo it. And as Penelope said, it's, it's a lot easier when you understand it's something about what you're desiring. Mm. If, if, you, if you're desiring ultimately to beat yourself up then that's what you're going to get because when like the uh, the first process you said it, it's really spiritually bypassing yes yeah exactly really if i sort of light the candles and get on my knees and donate yeah. to you know you know all those um yeah. things there but um sometimes like when you do a process you can sort of feel the tension easing but then what that could be for a very simple thing but like sometimes you've just got to revisit um it's not going to be um addressed in one sort of session it's you know yeah. The, yeah. like it's linked to um it's interlinked with other things, so you've got to sort of, it's like a step-by-step -step thing, which I found, I just thought, oh, goodness, you know, I wasn't that polite about it, but um, and I, um, I think that's where the um, commitment and the rubber hits the road a lot, you know, the um, and just maintaining the belief um it's a system that's being given to us and we can't tamper with it. It's like the pathways of energy, I think, Will, um, just mm -hmm. realising that, you know, we've been given multiple processes like with David, with Byron, Katie, um, whatever you feel comfortable with. But when you come back to it, it's got that sort of core element 
Um, bang, bang on, Teresa. Bang on. Oh, thank you. I sometimes wonder if I'm going nuts. No, no. What, what you're saying is, is absolutely that process, right? Yeah. So um, those processes, those things, those institutions even, you kind of have to go through them and be in them if that's where the belief is. Yeah. Um, so what what the spirit is, is saying is, you know, um, you're not being asked to give anything up. You're not mm. being asked to sacrifice. And quite often, if that's where your belief system is, then if you try and break away from that and you haven't addressed the underlying belief, that's only going to cause a lot of pain. So, you know, quite often uh, David will say, you kind of have to turn into that from the perspective of, so that enables you to look at it, right? Because there's something in there for you to see. Mm. So the spirit will come and, and um, basically hold your hand while you're going through that. And it's, it's the, exactly as you were saying, energy. And as uh, Dylan, Dylan and I were having a really great um, podcast uh, the other day and we were talking about the maze you know like being in the maze and mm -hmm. sort of trying to find your way out spirit is like giving you the course or the path of least resistance out of the maze so that your energy so energy typically follows the path of least resistance right mm -hmm. so spirit comes alongside you and says okay you, you're, let's say you're in, in, a, in a religion. You're in this religion. We're going to work with you in this religion, and we're going to work your way through your, the beliefs that you have until you reach a state of mind where you're at peace. Because the only reason you're even thinking about it is because there's some conflict that's come up in your mind. Otherwise, you'd just be happy as a pig in a blanket. Pig in mud. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like going back to that opening in the um the course. It is a required course. Only the only thing you can um variable if i could use that word you have is the time it takes yep. it's it's such it's so structured there and um I, I think that kind of gives a lot of comfort too because um uh, you kind of don't have to think about you know sort of setting the curriculum it's there, um, how you interpret it. That's the complex, this, it's addressing a seeming, a seeming complexity because of, you know, the thinking, the egoic thought system thinking. I think the saying is the course is simple, but I never said it was easy, you know, sort of getting back to that. And mm. sometimes, you know, you really want to put your head down a hole and think, look, just count me out. 
for a bit, you know, that I need some. But I, I was kind of in a sneaking way appreciate that it's kind of set out and um, then the sharing with people, it, like in the respective through the posts and books and um, talking to them. Yeah, it's really... I like, I like the point you made about the course being like a structure. Mm. And this is exactly how I look at it. Um, I look at it like um, last year <clears throat> we were staying in this apartment and outside of the apartment was this church. Mm. And the church was being rebuilt. It was being um, renovated. And it had the scaffolding around it. And so the, the course is kind of like a scaffolding around the church. The church is you and me. We're mm -hmm. the church. Right? And the scaffolding is there to support you while you are dismantled, you know, renovated. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever is going on for you is destructured and then rebuilt back to I am as God created me. And then the, the relevance of the structure became, of the uh, scaffolding becomes less and less as the church is rebuilt. And then, then you take the, the, the uh, scaffolding away, right? You don't, you don't leave it there once the church is back up. And that's, that's exactly what it says in the course. You know, forget this course. You know, come, come to me with holy, empty hands. So the course is useful. And all, all the things that, that, you know, we're talking, you know, the groups and all that stuff is useful mm. as a scaffolding to rebuild us back to who we are or who we've always been and never weren't. Mm. Mm. So <laughs> oh, no, that's good because sometimes I think, you know, we, we can go off on turn. I know I go off reading this and that and listening to others. And I, over the weekend I was watching a video that a friend recommended and, there was quite a phenomenal amount of input. And then I sort of felt that I'd flatlined because the energy that was contained in this, and I thought, I really need, you can overload. And sometimes you need to just, well, I need to, I should refer to myself. You just need space to process and, um, um, you know, um, because uh, this, this, so much like a real upgrade going on, but um, yeah, yeah. that's how I feel. And um, totally, yeah, um, need, that's yeah. that's what the church being re rebuilt is. It's an upgrade. Mm. It's it's an upgrade from the egoic degradation. If you want to think of it like that. Mm. The, the ego degrades the, the glory of the of the the sun that was created. Mm. Tries to.
Because Carolyn shared a beautiful poem about uh, in relation to the feather that she found. Oh, mm. She was one of her posts. <laughs> and I'm going to be quite honest, I, I got a bit pissed off with her. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you're so high up there and lofty and here am I scrubbing away down at the other end of the spectrum. I thought, I don't get feathers. <laughs> <laughs> So, Carolyn, I appreciate your poetry and sharing, but sometimes I'm sort of um, my receptivity, perhaps um, it's just what's going on at the time. But when I settled down, I thought, isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's where she is and other people, um, they're flying high at the time. And you think, oh, I'll just leave you alone for a while till I settle down. Or, you know, it's sort of that the you sort of can swing from level to level a bit. And, and re really that's, that's, um, it's just part of the, the unwinding process. So it's, it's like when we were talking with uh, Penelope a little while back and Penelope was saying, uh, you know, I feel like um, I want to um, move away from the course because I don't feel loving and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and my response to that was, "Well, that tells you that it's working, <laughs> right? Because it's been dismantled." Yeah, because oh, yeah. I've got a friend that she's she the she posts quite regularly on Facebook, and she is mainly in part two of the course. And sometimes I sit there and I think. Not today, Andrea, just not today. It's not your time. <laughs> but they are beautiful. The imagery she picks to support that. Then I can come back at a later time and I think, oh, it is beautiful. I'm more settled now. Mm. You know, and I think to be able to acknowledge that's really important that I'm just sort of not sailing along on some little um, hallucinatory cloud and saying, Oh, well, I'm just as holy as everybody else or feel that I'm not getting there because of it. And, and um, you know, we are where we are. That's, that's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, okay. it's lovely, the appreciation and the sharing, and it sort of stretches Um uh, like you, oh, I just can't explain it, but um, yeah, it's 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 a demanding, it's exhausting, but um, I just can't turn back now. Yes, it's really that. Teresa, one of the, the things that um, Dylan, both Dylan and I, wanted to talk to the the group about, although I think it's just um, us at the moment. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to have this conversation um, as well later. Um, Caroline is, is um, I think she's wanting to have um, um, a break of, of sorts. Um, yeah. Even if it's just for a little period of time, so she can have some time out. And so um, we offered to um, keep going on with the group. Um, D Dylan's very keen to um, work with the group. Um, 
I, I may not be here, so I never know from day to day <laughs> where I'm going to be. So um, are, you, are you okay to keep carrying on with the group, um, uh, if, even if it's just Dylan doing the, the, the presentations and um, Caroline is, is um, having a little break? Yeah. I, I, well, we can uh, just uh, see how it goes. And if, you know, say Kevin and Penelope and is it Graham, if he wants to or whoever, the only thing I thought, like, we've had the levels of a mind as a topic that we could sort of, um, uh, Perhaps we could decide between us, whoever's there, you know, what area we'd like to sort yes, of yes. look at too. I think there's got to be a little bit. I don't know what Penel how Penelope feels. Or I'm Kevin. happy to. I'm happy to keep going. Yeah, I'd love that. Mm. Yeah, and um, that is a good idea for us to to um, you know like. Um, have some some discussion around what would be a good topic. I, I thought the levels of mine one, uh, Teresa, was was really good. Thank thank you for bringing that one. Um, so uh, I'm sure that um, the the um, the ones that uh, are really sort of relevant or you know like uh, on our minds will, will pop up, and um, we we can cover that as we go. Yeah. Yeah, it could be interesting because, um, yeah, sort of, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly open to it, and I, um, okay, yeah, let's let's just see how we travel, and um, yes, perfect, that, yeah, and who and, knows, you know, and. and um, very happy with that idea and, and just allowing spirit to come along and sort of go boom, you know, have a look at that one. I think too, if, you know, we can just bring to the group films or poetry or a bit of music that um, it just sort of infuses a bit more richness to it, you know, something that we, you know, during our day-to-day, -day, I don't know, because I, I find that a great way of looking like Dylan talking about the Lion King. Yes. I, I haven't, mm -hmm. um, I know it's got beautiful music. Elton John wrote this, you know, score and things like that. So um, anyhow, that's enough for me. Thank you. Yeah, that, so that, those are great, great um, ideas because I, I know with, with David, um, and their groups, they use movies, they use songs, they use so much stuff. Um, so it doesn't have to be just, you know, um, talking about a topic. It can mm. be sort of um, reviewing um, a movie, for example, or, or anything. Yeah. Oh, well, we could, you know, certainly. Okay, uh, well... Um, it's 9.28 over this end. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. D Dylan, did you have any thoughts? On... We love you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good one. <laughs> <laughs>
dear. Yeah, it should be interesting because you know, just um, hmm. and people bring different perspectives. You know, you know, come into it. So yeah, there's a there's a um, another person that was very interested in coming along too. Um, I uh, just saw that um, um, in a post, I think, to Caroline. So there's a few other people that, that potentially can come into to the group, the new ones. So that'll be good too. So anyway, um, time's sort of passed by and we're, we're um, at 9.30 over this side. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And, uh, so thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, you guys, for, for joining with us and um, mm. for the opportunity for us to share and, and really be the joy of the spirit. And uh, thank you, Caroline, for your continued uh, allowing of this to take place. <laughs> no problem at all. No problem. So, mm. um, I, I can't turn the session off, uh, Caroline. I'll turn it off here. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for coming. And um, so is Thank it you. 6 o'clock next Tuesday or? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, no worries. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Man, lots of love. love. Bye. 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 Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye.